Welcome to the season finale of the Integrateness Podcast. I am your co-host Jason, along with Jolene, both sitting here in a state of bereavement that this is the season finale. But also not really, because a break is really nice. Yeah. So with that, we segue into the topic of grief, because you're all feeling it, aren't you? And it was funny. 44 episodes? Yeah. And we never talked directly about grief. Like, it was funny going through. It's like we're trying to figure out the last two topics. And I went through our entire episode list. And I'm just like, we've talked about everything but grief. We've talked around it, but never actually about it. How symbolic. It was meant to be the final episode of the first season. But so many people talk around it, but yes. never talk directly to it. And I help people through that so much when they feel like their loved ones and their friends are no longer talking about the significant loss in their life. Because after a period of time, people don't want to rip the scab off that wound. So no. they actually stop talking about the death and it becomes this huge void that people are still needing support with. But now nobody's talking about it. That's what we did, Jason. We were as bad as everybody else on the topic of grief. Boom. We needed that. That's like perfectly staged. Because if anybody listened to episodes two and three about Jason's story and my story, you'll know that grief is a significant part of our story, our life, and what's led us to where we are now. Mm -hmm. Oh, big time. And actually, I'm going through a process right now, Jolene, which is interesting. I've mentioned my friend Carl. Yes. Before the nostalgia guy. He's had sort of health issues since being a, since a teenager. It has to do with his heart. And he would occasionally go into AFib, even like in his 20s. Have to go to the hospital, have to get, you know, the jump start and everything like that. Ten years ago, his aorta tore. So they had to basically, most people die, like 80% of people die within like the first hour. He survived. And he's got artificial valves in there. Wow. But since that, that's kicked his AFib into a lot of fire because, you know, the anti-rejection drugs for the machines, etc. In the last six weeks, he's gone into AFib on average about every four to five days. No way. In and out of the hospital. It's to the point they have to chemically induce his heart to stop so his body will jumpstart it again. Oh. He's not doing well. His language is now very much about it feels like time's running out. You know, we Mm -hmm. should hang out. We went out for his birthday and he wasn't good. Right? And it's just... And I know... Like it's coming. Mm-hmm. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe not next week. Maybe he's still got a year. To, we don't know. But the whole mortality of my friend, who I've known for 40 years, is very much in front. And I can tell, like, since that, I've started grieving a bit. Like, it's already begun because it's kind of coming. So it seems very timely to talk about this right now, too. Yeah. And for you and for other people listening, recognize that what that brings up for you, Mm -hmm. it's the unexpected death, which was your dad. And it was heart related. That instantly is bringing all that to the surface. And no matter how much you've already healed around that, there's now this layer underneath that you're like, Oh, fuck. Yeah. That one. I know what so, it's all about. Yeah. And I always tell people this because they get a little discouraged. They're like, but I dealt with my mom's death. I dealt with my dad's. Why is this one like gutting me so bad or whatever it is? They feel like they've done the healing and it comes back up. And I just recently went through this more of like my abandonment wound and it, it got significantly triggered last like November-ish. And I was like, I've done so much healing around my dad, but there were bits and pieces that just had been like just not accessed yet Mm -hmm. because they just life hadn't arranged itself in that way to access those pieces how i um describe that for people is like if you were to drop a glass and you 
started to clean it up you'd pick up the main pieces and then you'd probably sweep up all of the little pieces and then i don't know if anyone else does this but i usually take like a wet cloth and get all the little slivers that don't sweep up and then i might go and vacuum okay and then all of a sudden six months later you're moving your furniture around and you're like there is a chunk of that glass motherfucker on it or whatever yes and it's like i thought i cleaned that up well you did you cleaned up what you could see you had no idea this was under the couch same thing with our grief journey you guys if you can remember one thing it's that Okay, because that's going to come back and get you lots of times. That's exactly what you're talking about as well, Jason. So when we look at grief, we just here's the Oxford definition. So we're all talking the same kind of thing. It's deep sorrow, especially that caused by someone's death. Okay, now that someone can also be yourself. We grieve versions of Mm ourselves all the time. We grieve the, you know, old versions of us that might have been fun, that might have been pre-parenthood, that might have been pre-trauma, you know, Jason and I a few episodes ago talked about car accidents and mm-hmm. how that fucks with our fear response sometimes. I grieve the version of me before that, you know? You didn't give a shit while driving. You totally. were fine, right? Yeah. yeah. So sometimes, you know, people might be grieving the world before COVID. They might be grieving, you know, man, it was so much easier when I was in high school or whatever. You're like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But it's like the guy that never gives up his football, his high school football Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico, yeah, yeah, from Napoleon Dynamite. It's like he was grieving his football glory days in high school. For sure, right? And same with your buddy, right? Yeah. Remember, you're a nostalgia guy. Go back, listen to this nostalgia episode, right? So, you know, there are so many different ways that grief shows up in our life. And it's funny because I do think that at any point throughout all these episodes, we essentially sprinkled uh grief within them because grief does not you know being a grief and loss uh and trauma counselor myself that is one of the biggest things that we see across the board is that grief is not this single incident death is a single incident okay death is a a a very concrete um substantial kind of thing you can hold it i'm like trying to hold something in my hands here grief you can't grief you can't hold in your hands grief exists it's a flavor it's an essence um it is it is not something tangible that you hold on to or put a date to it is a response to something um and if you can look at it that way instead of the specific incident that induced the grief grief is a symptom right Mm -hmm. and there are so many different ways that grief is um weaved into our lives but we tend to look at it as if it's a response to a death and then you get a certain amount of days off to grieve and we usually two usually like yeah Yeah. usually i I felt like in my government job it was two unless you needed travel and you got a couple extra days or something but it depends it depended yeah (laughs) but that then creates this societal norm around how we expect people to grieve and that's cultural okay some many cultures actually very respectfully grieve for long periods of time in public um yep yeah yeah, absolutely in public um they do it for long periods of time there's people that tend to the body and a whole ceremonial like it's very beautiful the way death is honored in in some cultures we are western, shitless yeah <laughs> and when i say we we're referring to like western culture yeah. essentially right um and we don't honor that necessarily right so we do have these timelines we do have these things where we just assume people are over it um and and we start talking around it or just don't really know how to address it which is interesting because grief is more 
Every single person on the planet is impacted by grief, yet nobody has the tools to manage with it, right? To manage it. And I wasn't taught grief. You know, I wrote a blog years ago um, around uh, childhood grief. And like, when you go back and look at the template and how you were taught to grieve, like I learned more about the grief I had around my dog dying than I did around my grandparents dying. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah it was yeah. very secretive. It was like, and, and we always think we're trying to protect our children by not sharing it with them, right? So when, when my cat died last year, um, I very openly shared that with my children. They already knew about death because I talked to them very openly about my dad and they, had, they didn't know my dad because he died many years ago, but essentially about, you know, what is death and what that means and how we can still miss people, but also enjoy our lives. And mm-hmm. this is ways we remember. And I just made it less scary, right? To the point where my son chose Hades for his Greek God mythology, like study, right? Right? <laughs> Fascination with the underworld, the God of death, right? Um, But, you know, when we look at that, think in your life, what are your stories of grief? So Jason and I both lost our dads and that, I mean, we've been very open about how those were transformative journeys. But it's funny because I have so many people I feel like had just had this conversation this week. And the person was like, yeah, I, I mean, this is a part of my journey. This was this grief piece, but I had no idea this incident was going to gut me or whatever. But I was like, that was almost like the catalyst. The grief is what created the awareness and created the kind of event in your life to push things in motion. But that wasn't actually where all your work was meant to happen. It was around like that person totally coming to like full honesty with themselves about bad habits that we were talking about things that they were doing you know all of that kind of stuff and it was like holy shit and here i thought the grief journey was my defining journey fuck no it was the next one and for me grief journey started things but for sure one of my defining journeys has been the process of separation in my marriage and going through a way deeper healing process as a more mature woman because I was like 17 when my dad died so the version of healing I did then was very different than the version of healing I did as like a 39 to 41 year old woman right well at 17 and I lost my dad when I was 19 we're not even mentally ready to Totally. comprehend that even happened right and mine didn't start until and i tried in my 20s but it wasn't well until my 40s totally I could really deal with it yeah right and then looking then at like what the rest of your healing journey has looked like oh, that's yeah. not specifically re- related to the grief right no no there's so many other things involved totally and you know i think about that when my when my cat died uh my kids had been obviously like needing to grieve the separation of their parents but it was kind of like the frog in boiling water where it happened really slowly and there was no definitive event everything just kind of would slowly start to change and there wasn't like a start or stop or like okay this day we're split right and um when my cat died it gave them a tangible event to link this extreme emotional response to because they hadn't really had a place for it Mm -hmm. and that was also after covid the school burning down all these things there was a whole bunch of things that were all co-occurring at the same time that just gradually happened um so when the cat died holy shit things came unglued and i remember being like this isn't about the cat no you know and my kids still will link extreme sadness and some of that state of being to i miss tapper that was her name i miss tapper and i'm like okay what is it that you're capturing right now that you linked to the cat but it actually means something more and it is it's a bit of this homesickness this i don't have control over what's happening Mm -hmm. sudden abrupt loss that's an abandonment wound for sure that's activated at that point my son had uh because he was the same right like like uh 
my mother died, and he at that point would have been six or seven, mm-hmm. so young. And then the school burned down. That plane Same crashed school. here. The, the dog, our dog died. The plane crashed here. COVID happened, and he seemed to be doing pretty good with all of it. You know, had his anxieties, etc. Then his pet fish died. Ah. And that, I still remember, and that was like, that was huge. Huge. But again, it wasn't so much about the fish. It was finally, he was old enough to figure, you know, to piece everything kind of together. And that, again, was the catalyst. And sometimes we need those catalysts that seem so unrelated. Right? Yeah. To kind of get that out. It doesn't matter where it comes from as long as it comes out. Yeah. Right? Like, I really tell people that. I'm like, you know, so many men, man, so many men I've worked with who have very significantly grieved the death of their dog and then been like, I can't believe I didn't feel this way when my dad died or my friend died or whatever. Like, why is it my dog? And I was like, because that's a safe place. It Mm -hmm. really is, right? It's a safe place. It's something you kind of feel like you possibly have more control over. And the other wound might even be deeper and you're just not ready to go there, right? So go with what you can manage to what you can, right? And sometimes it is. I can chew the grief of the fish, but the other stuff, I don't even know how to bite into it does that make sense the john wick movies you've watched those right with kenna reeves no i know my whole analogy (laughs) was gonna be anyway it's but you know the movie i mean yes i have his his dog is killed Mm -hmm. by these mobster guys that break in and so he goes and it starts this whole rampage but he was given the dog by his wife who was dying of cancer oh and she dies and then these guys come in break into the house kill the dog and steal his car and that's almost that is like the tangible thing that he can do I was a hitman. I can now go out and kill them. But you, what do you do when your wife dies of a disease? There's uh, nothing you can do. And that equipped him with just a bit more power to be able to do something because he yeah. felt so powerless in her illness. Exactly. Wow. So now you got to watch John Wick chapters one, no, two, I three. No, I don't. And I've five. already figured it out. I'm like, that's why he did but what he did. But you watch the cool things. <laughs> but it's interesting. That's a movie that almost takes that whole idea and puts it into like a visual form. Right? Yeah. They should pay me some something for that. You go... <laughs> Write them up. I don't need, need a something. movie to make sense of it. My brain makes sense of that shit. <laughs> that's a prime. That's a good yeah. Hollywood cinematic example. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So, you know, there are so many things that like I can think of stages in my life. And, and so many times when I talk to people, I'm like, well, that sounds like it's a bit of grief. And they're like, huh? They never would have considered that. But then when you can actually go and name it and like really recognize it as that they're like holy shit you know you're right like I never really knew where to place that so I remember when I was on mat leave with my twins and I was leaving my government job because I wanted to go into private practice there was huge like child care issues and paying too much for daycare and things like that but I needed to actually transition away from my full-time job go back to something that was slightly less so it was like a four day a week job so I bid on it while I was uh, on mat leave so I was going to now be going back to a job with the government for about six months um, in this different role just so I could do the four days a week right so I remember I bid on it and I, I ended up getting it and I was so sad that night. And I remember uh, my ex saying, like, what's the big deal? It's the job you wanted. And I was like, the job I just left were clients that thought I was coming back after my mat leave. 
I created that that role and I had been in it for like 13 years or something. I was grieving something like like a passion project of mine. Like that was my baby. And now I didn't get to say goodbye to it. Right. Mm. So so I was now going to be returning. And yes, I'm going to the same office, the same colleagues. Yes, I wanted the four day a week job again, not by choice, but by what my family was demanding of me. So that's another grief as well. Right. Um, Lots of grief around things you have to give up in motherhood or parenthood or things like that. Right. Even though it's for the better, you're still happy about it. It's grief. It wasn't actually your choice. Um, So then I just remember being like, I'm just I I'm sad. I'm allowed to be sad about this. Of course, it's the job I want. But like, yeah, I'm grieving it right now. Like, just give me the space to grieve this. Right. Um, But that, you know, doesn't make sense to a lot of people. Right. Well, it's the job you wanted. Why would you care? Because I'm still grieving, you know, in even with, um, you know, I, I, I didn't get actually a lot of support in my separation. I didn't reach out and tell many people for like a couple of years, honestly. Um, But I also didn't get a lot of support because people were like, well, you chose it. And I was like, I'm still grieving the life I like worked really hard for and like wanted and visualized in the future. I'm grieving the fact that my children now have to grow up with parents who aren't together. You know, I'm grieving a whole bunch of things that were never present that should have been present. The idea of what I wanted things to be like, there's so much fucking grief there, but like people will take a simple thing like, well, it was your choice. Oh yeah. And, and, and assume it's not painful. Right. Yeah, I've yeah. actually never talked about that out loud. So. Oh, well, mm-hmm. thank you for sharing. Yeah, thanks. For, thanks for to me. That was really validating for me right there. And that like it's so important when we connect these dots, you guys. Right. Like that was really validating for me. I was like, yeah, wait a sec. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, 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 it's an important thing. It's like the people who tell you, oh, you know, my uncle died. Oh, how old was he? Oh, he was 90. Well, right. he lived a good life. He's still fucking dead, dumbass. You know what I mean? Like, it's that's still really I find that really insulting. It's like, well, he lived long, so it shouldn't bother you. Yes, or right? or if we're more removed from someone, like, well, it was your uncle. At least it wasn't your dad. And you're like, but my uncle was more of a dad to me than maybe my dad was. Yeah, you or, have no idea. You know, on that relationship, yeah, right? indigenous communities, right? Like everyone is family, and if it's a death in the community, it is a death to everybody, and it's really hard for Western culture and like white culture to appreciate that. Yeah, well, it was. You know, they weren't even your family. Yeah, everyone is family. That is my community. There has been a death to my community. I'm going. Going back home. Yeah. Right. It affects everybody. It's like yeah. uh, my buddy uh, Trav's mom died in the middle of COVID, um, of COVID. Mm-hmm. Right. She was old and she had health problems for a number of years, but it was really upsetting. And people are like, well, it's your buddy's mom. And I said, like, yeah, but I spent half my time as a kid at their house. I went camping with them. Like, that's someone who's a significant, like, that's, uh, you're, you're right. It's a community. If you have a group of people that you associate with and you know their parents, and even their siblings. When one of them dies, it affects you in some way. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that we can activate part of our grief process by watching others grieve, right? And sometimes this can help us lean in and sometimes it actually pulls us back. So had this conversation the other day with a client too. And I was like, you know, maybe some of the people that aren't supporting you maybe their grief process is activated and they can't be present. So sometimes there's some things around that as well. I mean, for me, um, our, our our support and the way we grieved was a little different because it was suicide. And I've always held a special kind of approach, essentially supporting people um, with suicide deaths because it is, it is a different process. There's a different stigma. There's a different sense of like guilt or self-blame that people go through. I'm not saying that other forms of death don't have that, um, you know, 
about I think overdoses and a lot of the drug world deaths now are fairly similar in some ways Mm -hmm. right but recognizing that there's going to be different ways I mean Alzheimer's and dementia are horrific ways to essentially grieve you're losing somebody daily like you're losing versions of them daily right Um, you know I grieved my marriage long before it was over right like I grieved it slowly as it wasn't like a significant once you know we moved apart or things like that it wasn't like boom there's this huge grief experience I had slowly been grieving that the entire time for many years I think right yeah oh yeah yeah that was that was it was like my buddy Carl yeah it was something that's over long periods of time and I don't know if that's easier or harder. <laughs> like, Again, you know what I mean? yeah. Like, no... yeah, it just is. Yeah, it just is. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like some people who are like watching their loved one die of cancer, they're like, "Fuck, I'd take a sudden death any day." And then I'm like, "Having had a sudden know? death, it wasn't much fun at all." I right? would like... have loved days and days and yeah. days to cherish and have you know all the holidays. Like I know one of my friends, um, and again, he was young, like he was in his early 40s, and I think he'd had cancer a couple times. But like every holiday, it was Christmas, and they were making Easter eggs and giving Valentine's. Valentine's and they were trying to cram in every holiday they could knowing that within the next year that's when it would be that would be so painful so painful mm-hmm. so again like we we want to compare because we want to just be like oh I wish it was easier right but none of them are easy no. they're all painful and we don't like pain no we have a hard people. time sitting in pain we do not and yeah to grieve properly you have to let yourself sit in that pain until it just stops hurting as much. Yeah, and we run from pain and we learn so much from pain. And that's also like one of the reasons Jason and I started this podcast is because we both recognize that like, I know the most incredible things that have come from my life have come from the hardest, fucking ugliest, painful places. They just have. Same. Right? Like my six pack has come from so much. Just kidding. But if I had one, it would come from really hard, rigorous work, guys. Right. Humor helps us through grief a lot as well. Yeah, that's also an important one. Humor <laughs> and time. That's really it. You I don't know, though. I don't know. I, I kind of like I kind of disagree with the time thing, though, because some people think like, well, it's been 25 years or it's been 10 years. Like, it'll get better with time. No, it won't. If you had a fucking hole in your wall right there, Jason, I actually I have one at home. Um, <laughs> don't ask about that. Right. But I. Um, uh, if you just leave it, it's not going to repair itself. It's what you do with it in that time. That's what I mean. The time. Putting okay. in the time. Okay. Oh, putting in the time. Because some people some oh, people think time makes it better. I wait for six weeks, it's going to be- feel better. Well, or they think like, okay, it'll be better in five years, no, right? No, it's not. You have to put the work in. You yeah. You have to, you, with the time, with time comes the with effort time. that goes with it. Okay. Right? Thanks for clarifying. Because um, actually, even with the effort after 25 years, you can still get caught Totally. By a wave. Well, and it's it's the chunk of glass under the couch. That's what happens. So when that happens, I tell people, don't think that you have regressed. You just happened to finally access and reveal the chunk of glass under the couch that you didn't know was there. And that's usually like things will pop up in people's lives that parallel things, especially when we start our healing journeys. There was one guy I was working with. And as we started um, processing things that week, I shit you not, something would happen in his life that would mimic the same event. So there was one where he had saved somebody from drowning, but then one person couldn't. And we processed through all that. And it's something he'd been caring for many 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 years he was conflicted about it and then literally that weekend he's like holy fuck jolene i had to save somebody down by the dock blah 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 and i was like 
get out. You had a chance to rewrite that for yourself yeah. after we had gone and healed and you got to like work that out in real life. Like that happens for my clients, like all my clients listening, you know that like that happens or the same kind of experience in your life comes and you get almost like a second chance yeah. at it once you've appropriately processed what that trauma from the first one was. It's really fascinating to watch that. It's also quite a uh, stereotype in Hollywood film. Ah, yeah. Right? Okay. There's always a bit where the guy, like the beginning of the movie, the hero lost someone in a mountain climbing accident, blah, blah, blah. So at the very end, he has to save another character as part of it's, but it's happened. It's, it yeah, does happen. Like, it, does. it will not happen until you're ready to deal with it. Totally. Or have dealt with whatever it was that got in the way. Yeah. So, you know, always remember that, like, we can do as much work as we can to heal and tend to some of these things. But, like, if it creeps up, yeah, it's going to. And it really opens, like, another door for you. Um, it's just accessing a different space that it's kind of stored in. So really look at that. You know, I, I think, you know, there's some folks in our office that specialize in, like, grief in the workplace and increasing awareness, vocabulary, and just overall understanding of like how grief impacts our ability to work, right? Like when you grieve, it consumes a huge amount of your energy, literally physical energy. People are exhausted grieving. So just to wake up, feed yourself, possibly get to work and tend to basic life, you have no room for life enhancement activities, which are the things that make you happy. Mm -hmm. Maybe going to yoga or any of these extra things, you actually have nothing left in your tank. And that's a really conflicting thing for people because they're like, all I want to do is sleep. I'm exhausted. And I said, you have to recognize that is what grief does to you. So there is a period where you are going to have minimal to no like energy output except getting through the fucking day and the minute people can accept that they don't fight against it so much they don't judge themselves they don't feel like it's lazy you can instantly validate oh this is what's happening because we live in such a production focused world that like if we aren't producing as much we rag on ourselves get hard on ourselves feel less worthy all those things right or we keep saying yes to things we just literally don't have capacity for if you are grieving take like 50% of your gas tank down like you're starting your day on half a tank that's it that's all you got at the get-go at the get-go and it depletes very quickly after yeah that. have you yeah. ever left your house with your phone your cell phone half charged in the morning oh yeah really yeah oh i always charge mine at night yeah. okay i wait so- till it's almost dead oh it. it's actually was better for the old school batteries to do that. oh okay yeah. you're old old right (laughs) jason's old (laughs) i'm just kidding but really grieving (laughs) (laughs) you are grieving your youth (laughs) grieving the way the body used to just like wake up and go um but yeah really thinking about that and reminding yourself like oh these are all the areas it impacts your concentration it impacts your ability to um you know pay attention and to uh like remember things right to retain information so whatever kind of job you've got it's going to significantly impact you that's why we need to have way more like grief aware grief informed workplaces to recognize like your employees aren't going to be operating top notch and they're probably not calling in sick because they fucking used all their sick time already helping their loved one like on their deathbed or whatever it be right and then you only gave them two days after the funeral to or even at the time of death to deal with it. Yeah, and a lot of times once time goes by, people don't want to say, well, this is because of my grief because 
people think there's a timeline and it just shouldn't be or they don't even recognize it's their grief right oh, exactly but it will start to show up in different ways another thing i just want to segue with is um you know eastern medicine i'm a huge uh believer in that approach to our like holistic care so like with acupuncturists i work a lot with um when i'm doing grief work with people i send them for acupuncture and the lung meridian is very much linked to grief and you can have that kind of holistic release and uh tending to that if in the physical and energetic and spiritual body as well so that's a really nice piece so if people are getting chronic um like respiratory illnesses that's why covid i thought was very interesting there was so much grief coming out at a time when that part of the body is what holds the grief right Mm -hmm. so really recognizing if that speaks to people around where the body's holding stuff and go back to our body episode we've talked a lot about where the body's manifesting things that are happening um emotionally mentally spiritually in our in in our physical body there so there's so much we could talk about all of this you may be experiencing some of these symptoms in the coming weeks until we restart with season two that's right i encourage you take as much time off work as you need <laughs> listen to past episodes like looking going through good memories oh the nostalgia right. but don't get stuck oh, don't there don't get stuck there don't get don't stuck, get there. stuck oh. there and if you want to know why not to get stuck there go back and listen to the nostalgia episode nice oh it's so good it's like a full circle (laughs) approach oh i'm gonna miss you guys so we will be back in the fall and we'll probably you'll see stuff materialize we're still going to keep our instagram going and put up little updatey things between seasons for sure we will tease you guys all summer long with things for sure and exactly we'll also let you know when we start recording again because that will then determine when episodes start appearing again Absolutely. which I'm thinking early September once the kids are back in school yeah so we're still naming episodes feel free to let us know if you have got any ideas on what series we should be naming Ted the episodes there is a, there is a few thrown out there yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we'll see I haven't watched Ted Lasso so All right. put me in a bad position and anyways that wraps up season one of the Integrateness podcast with Jason and Jolene mm-hmm. 